What's poppin' guys and girls? Welcome back to the Vegapreneur Podcast, a podcast for vegan entrepreneurs who want to build a mass movement around what they believe in. I'm your host, Oz, and today's episode features One Planet Pizza. One of the co-founders, Joe, is going to talk about how he and his partners built the UK's first and number one vegan frozen pizza company. I mean, based out of Norwich, these guys are super legit, 100% local, natural, and pronounceable ingredients. More importantly, absolutely, completely reduce their carbon footprint when it comes to pizza making uh, in the world. And I mean, there's no questions asked. They're gonna grow to something very legit, not only in the UK and Europe, but probably around the world, just because they're absolutely on the ball when it comes to identifying trends. And they have a great team. They have a great uh, charismatic team. They won multiple awards. They have a great product. And today, Joe, the co-founder, is going to talk to me a little bit more about the processes and how we got started to building such an innovative brand and kind of the tumble effect of using word of mouth specifically to growing your brand instead of using paid advertising, right? Because advertising is great to sustain a brand, but to grow it into something memorable inside the consumer's mind, you need to publicize it and initiate that word of mouth. And if people don't want to talk about it, no one will. Peace out. Make sure you listen to this interview. Make sure that you take any notes that you think valuable that you can apply to your business, to your life, to your health, and make sure that you go apply them right afterwards. If you have any questions, DM me. You know where to find me. How about we start over here? How about we start by bridging the gap between the initial spark that got you in specifically pizza and how did that fuel into into creating specifically frozen pizzas instead of a restaurant? And how did that go about into creating a massive, massive vision for the vegan vegan space? I mean, it's a probably common knowledge that it started um, just with a conversation between Tanya and Mike. Um, and between the two of them, they Tanya was already up and running a part-time vegan uh, desserts company and, and selling those online through her shop. Uh, Mike's been vegan 35 years um, and he was currently running a vegetarian vegan restaurant um, alongside his other business and they both sort of veteran vegans realized that as the market's growing and um, reaching new people and becoming very mainstream that one of the things missing was um, was not vegan pizza per se but but froze high quality frozen vegan pizza mm. and you know it's it's the number one fast food in the world um last time i checked and um it was just incredible that it seems to have been left behind in the dust when everything else is um you know is taking shape with new companies older ones growing you, you've got all these fake meats you've got an incredible selection of you know free from cheeses and, and spreads and and the list goes on but it seemed that no one was taking on the frozen pizza market but they they realized this themselves and then and brought it to me soon after and then we got our heads together and yeah we started rolling with that idea and thinking you know let's let's have a look in in the market and we it was incredible to see that um you know we were lucky to see that it was true that in the UK market there was only a couple of very cheap frozen vegan pizzas um one of them's only i think 7 inches two or three flavors quite low end you know nothing fancy about it i think the the bases are bought in from another country. The source, you know, it's all done in a big factory on a large scale. Um, nothing special about them. No one seems to be getting excited. Um, and, and two, three years ago, that was about it. There were a couple of free from gluten-free chilled ones. But, you know, we just couldn't believe that in such a growing market, this hadn't been done. So we didn't really have a choice from there. We thought we've got to do this or someone else inevitably will.
<laughs> you mentioned you went directly into that space because frozen pizza was the number one fast food item that people were, people were buying, or where was that on the statistic? Like, how did you prove the demand? Yeah, I mean, so if, if you just go on Google or Google Scholar, you can see um, the, the sales of frozen food sectors wow. uh, worldwide and the UK. Um, and I think that's all, that's common knowledge that pizza is the pizza worldwide is the, is the best selling fast food. Um, so we, we then started looking w- within the vegan market specifically. Uh, we wanted to focus in on on the market we were most, comf- most comfortable with and part of. Um, and then once having got a good share of that and calling us comfortably calling ourselves the number one and the leading frozen vegan pizza, um, we then plan to extend that reach out, slightly change our approach, our tone of voice to, um, you know, the flexitarian, the less hardcore vegans, the vegetarians, the free from market, mm-hmm. um, which, it, which is forming the other 96, 97% of the population that aren't vegan, but are potentially curious. So you got the idea, you're all in a team together, and now did you already have a few concepts of pizza? How did you go about testing? Was it like you sat down for a week and then you started testing all the different varieties of pizza? Or was it like week by week you were making people test? Did you already have your shop? Were you already selling? Like, What was the process, process from idea to your first sale, for example? I guess like all the all the good companies, it starts in your own kitchen, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> we like to say... Um, yeah, so it started with me and Mike just uh, experimenting in his kitchen, you know, making up the dough from scratch, playing around with the sauce, um, getting the right cheese, um, and then thinking, how do we keep how do we keep this simple so we can create some like for likes, just some good replacements um, from your regular, you know, meat and dairy frozen pizza section. Um, and with Tanya is based in Leicester, we're based in Norwich, so she was doing the same, which was good. So we had we had her working independently of us on the same concept. Um, you know, tweaking our recipes, we were tweaking hers, sharing the information. She has more of a background in food. Mike has a kind, you know, a, a sort of partially food-related background in restaurants, but this was all new to me and, and mostly to those guys. The, the pizza sector was very new to us. So I think part, from the start, we came in with fresh eyes, which probably, looking back, was quite an advantage, which we didn't think it would be at the time. You know, we, we didn't add any of these ingredients you always see in frozen food, like, um, you know, these thickeners and additives and and stuff that you don't know where it comes from, what it means. And, you know, these e-numbers that are meant to help it stay fresh for longer and keep the flavor in and things like that. But because we didn't have that food background, none of that was um, in our minds to start with. So we, we've kept the fortunate. We've kept the product very, um, very minimal, very fresh. Um, you know, every ingredient on the back is something you'd know about and where it came from. And we don't use anything artificial, which I think was another um, positive to come out of the fact we didn't have any history in the food sector. Um, but it did, it did start off in our kitchens just in evenings. I think we were, we're all working day jobs. Tanya has two kids. Um, I just come out of university. Mike had his other business. So it was just in our free time, just just sharing information and cooking and you know into the late hours of the night and and it, it, surprisingly it didn't take too long until we came up with what we were happy with uh you know the range of four flavors um we wanted to keep it very simple and not create too many products at once um 
yeah, and then then we we took it out to friends and family. We took it out to the wider vegan community in Norwich. Got as much feedback as we could, and then went back to our kitchen. And Tanya went back to hers, and, and we played around with it again, and then came back with something we were happy with, uh, the classic range, slightly you know adding more sauce, adding more ex ingredient to the base, and so on. Um, and then yeah, it, it was there. It was pretty much ready to go. Completely counterbalances the the ideal or the misconception that people have that oh, I should start a business myself because if I hop on with other people, um, I'll have to depend on them and then it might just fall apart because they start leaving. And I just absolutely admire your chemistry and I feel it's it's easy to cut corners when you're starting a business. And let me ask you a question now, like knowing that right now you went all in into minimal, fresh, 100% natural ingredients that are locally sourced. Is it that much considerably harder uh, to go the fresh organic route than to take the preservatives and to cut costs, for example? Yeah, so we did spend quite a lot of time trying to make it organic. Um, so originally we did use a local organic um, flour mill, um, but we we realized that it was just unaffordable. We had to, if we wanted to continue using half organic ingredients with non-organic we'd have to um, increase the price per pizza to the customer which which was something we didn't want to do because again we did a little bit of market research asking our customers asking shops that were selling the pizzas in Norwich and we just did we didn't think it, it would be justified putting the price up saying it was part organic and so we went back on that saying it's it's totally non-organic and when we're ready we'll release 100% organic pizza and, and have to put the price up accordingly um it was interesting and we, we thought people would respond negatively to that, that but i think it was the vegan market and not the organic market we were in and um we were surprised how how the vegans weren't actually too um displeased by us taking out some of the organic ingredients because they were so happy it was just a vegan product that tasted great. Um, and I think if people want organic, they want it to be 100% organic, which was something that we learned along the way. So, so we put a, a pin in that for now and, and we'll come back to it when we're ready to do you know, a full organic range one day, which would be great. Taking it away from the fact that it's organic does not mean, does not take away from the fact that it's local, it's natural ingredients that you rarely, if not never, get in, fr in frozen food. So that's just absolutely admirable by itself. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so we, I think we were trying to run before we could walk with doing organic as well. Um, but yeah, it was something we tried and and we'll come back to. Um, but we're still, it's it's just a gradual process. The the pizzas weren't perfect to begin with, but you know we're lucky that we're in such a friendly and reactive and positive community that everyone was buying the pizzas. We were managing to get really good, high quality, honest feedback from a lot of those customers and a lot of the shop owners that were selling them. Um, you know, so we've been tweaking the pizza ingredients um, ever since we started, um, and we've been changing our suppliers to, to find the better tasting and better sourced ingredients up until now. So, and that's something we're going to keep doing. Uh, there's no reason to stop. You know, we, we, we've just signed up with Crush, who now provide all of our rapeseed oil, which is um, which is actually all produced and farmed locally within within about 20, 30 miles of our kitchen. Um, which is great. And, you know, we went to visit the actual farm where the rapeseed was grown a couple of weeks back, uh, which was brilliant. And we're working closely with those guys 
Um, and we put that in every single pizza, which is great. And we're going to, we've got a new edition box, which is now um, about to reach the shelves. And, um, and that mentions crush and it tells you about some of the health benefits of crush on the website. So yeah, it's, it's realizing to begin with, you haven't, you won't have the perfect product and you won't have all of your ingredients being sourced where you'd like them, but it's, um, it's knowing that you can just adapt and evolve that as you go, which we were always comfortable with. Right, exactly. And you don't necessarily need a perfect product when you're launching. In fact, I heard a quote that said, if you're proud of your product before you launch, uh, you, you launch too late, right? You have to be kind of, not embarrassed, but you have to be, you have to be iffy, right? You have to be on your feet and people will naturally tend towards and notice that you're caring about them and you're asking them questions and feedback. And like, yeah, that's right. I think that's the most important thing, isn't it? Is, is we've always been very, very, um, you know, very aware of what customers are saying um, and we've never ignored them. You know, we've got um, 48 reviews on Facebook and and they're all five star and that's out of 50. So we're really happy with, with feedback and it's something we always respond to and, and, and actually take on board rather than just saying we're going to listen to everyone. You know, we actually do. If, if someone comes up with a great suggestion, we'll, we'll put it out to the team and, and often it will um, be implemented if it is a good one. And how did you start let's say pitching more bigger corporations or getting the word of mouth out there was like was it like incentivizing get a free pizza get a free sample or how did you start scaling all while remaining profitable or at least not um tarnishing too much of the the costs yeah so we we didn't actually have we still haven't got a specific budget for marketing um being such a small company most of the money that we do have goes straight back into uh, expanding the kitchen, you know, improving equipment, um, managing staff, all these costs um, mean that we don't have anything for marketing. So you have to kind of think outside the box with a new product when you haven't got unlimited funds. So we avoided paying for advertising, you know, in magazines, online, traditional methods. And we just we just wanted to see how far we could take the products purely by using free social media and just being very strong and um, engaging um, through reaching our customers on Instagram and Facebook and, and meeting them at events. So it's just use, it, it, we utilized what we got um, from the start without using any money. Um, and we found that's been incredibly effective up until this point. Um, and it's just about how you interact and and how and you know using what you've got so for example we've got the instagram account that we've only ever paid for you know a couple of adverts for a couple of quid once or twice um but otherwise it's cost nothing it's just time and and using it the right way and the smart way and and we found that that's actually been the most effective way of us getting the product outside of our county norfolk um and into you know the rest of the the uk and and beyond into europe as well and it a lot of it's word of mouth and, and you you know, you can use the community um, very effectively if, if you give them incentives and, and they believe in the product and they believe in the people behind the product, they'll often push it themselves. It's been fantastic. Exactly, because people are going more, because paid advertising is getting hollow hype, right? There are people are saying, okay, we're going to get instant gratification with advertising, but people are kind of tired of seeing advertising in their Facebook or Instagram feeds and when you're directly reaching out from a genuine perspective, not even with the chatbot, for example, and you're literally typing in the comments, I really love your pick, you, maybe you should do this differently, or for example, you're really engaging with your community and following maybe the people, your clients or the people that are following you back, uh, it creates a whole different sense of vibe because 
there's genuinity involved, there's trust, and that's how you really build a community. And that's what I feel people, business owners specifically, should admire from what you guys have been able to do. Yeah, I mean, what we have done is is we have reached out to, so from the start, we got on board a couple of influential figures within the vegan community. Um, so Hench Herbivore is a local uh, bodybuilder, personal trainer who's who's a vegan activist, um, and he's got a large following on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and then there's the Banana Warrior, who's a, a YouTube activist. She's local. Um, and then we've got Martin um, aka the vegan geezer based in in London. So you know we we approached these guys early on because we already had good relationships with them. Um, they're all partners in the company, so they've all got shares. But um, beyond that, we've we've just kept in regular contact with them. We've kept them very involved in our decision making and run lots of competitions alongside them. And we've even done outreach, you know, in, in Norwich with them and had them come along to. Um, competitions that we've done for followers so they've been fantastic and we've just increased that out to ambassadors across the whole country and and then sending out pizzas to influencers who we think um are engaging the audiences that we want to engage and that want to buy our products so it's it's just using using social media the right way and and approaching the people who you think are going to be a stepping stone to your wider audience and and they're happy to do it because you know, they'll like, hopefully, ideally, they like the product. They want to then shout, shout about it, and it also gives them some content um, from their side as bloggers or influencers. So it's um, yeah, it's using other people's strengths and your strengths, and just working um, together mutually. It's it's mutually beneficial, which we found is really effective. Mm, nice, love it. And like, when was the tipping point where this really started going? "Quote unquote viral inside the UK and then eventually uh, across Europe. Like, was there any specific moment, uh, an influencer that posted about you, or was it just completely one all of a sudden like a word of mouth spread, like a web? How did that go about? Yeah, probably the latter. I mean, I'd like to say it, it was when we won VegFest's um, Best Vegan Fast Food Award last mm. year. So I thought that would be a real, um, you know, a swing, a swing in the momentum. I thought that would be the one, but. I think just before then, it was already word of mouth was was just snowballing the whole thing, and because it's new and exciting, and no one has seen it before in the UK, um, it's enough um, for people to be sharing it and telling their friends and walking into their nearest, nearest health store and asking about One Planet Pizza, and that seemed to be happening all at the same time. Um, and then I think us getting these awards and going to big events. Um, and getting exposure that way just complemented what was happening behind the scenes. Um, but I think it was, I think it was when we didn't we did a Evolution event in London uh, about a year and a half ago, and we got approached by a great guy called Alan who owns three health stores in two in London and one in um, Surrey, and uh, and he's got his stores have got a, a large footfall in each of them. And uh, they're they're really you know well received stores. Everyone's a big fan. They've got a lot of customers, and, and we decided to go ahead with him as our first London stockist um, when we were still delivering direct. So I think that probably was one of the tipping points because now I think about at least on social media, eighty percent plus of our followers are all London based. So I think getting into London, um, you know, with the van, getting the pizzas in some shops. Um, and posting about that on social media, that was what really, um, you know, started 
um, started the whole snowball effect for us. All right, got it, got it. And man, I wish we could go on. Can I shoot you one last question? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, love it, love it. So, what are the next steps? How are you going to grow this from just UK based into, let's say, the entire Europe and eventually in America, right? Because there's still the demand in America. I'm not going to say names, but I feel there's lacking um, frozen foods in general, especially frozen pizza. So, what are your steps? What's your process in growing this uh, worldwide? Right. Well, our next step is um, expansion of our current production site, um, creating a budget for marketing and and also helping us um, break into the Ocado market. We've just been listed with Ocado, which is the UK's biggest online supermarket, and they want to get our products um, ready to launch for October this year. So we need some money to back us to do that um, and to be able to keep up with the increased um, production, which will never inevitably come from their orders. And the way we're going to do this is most likely through crowdfunding, a second round of crowdfunding with Crowdcube. So we recently won Pitch and Plant, uh, which was the Vevolution event. They teamed up with Brand Investment in London. Um, so we secured 25000 from Brand to kickstart our Crowdcube um, investment campaign. So we're now looking to launch that um, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, to raise somewhere ballpark figure around 100k, 150k. Uh, that's going to help us increase in size, uh, exp expand the kitchen, be able to double up production. So we're producing. Um, uh, so we're currently producing 200 pizzas a day, six days a week, mm. and we want to be able to double that, ready for Ocado and, and possibly a couple of other larger retailers. So that's what we plan to do um, for the rest of this year and also increase our presence at larger events, um, invest in bigger event equipment. Um, yeah, and to increase our presence uh, through marketing as well. So we want to finally get into some magazines, uh, reach more larger influencers um, and relevant bloggers. But it all takes, all takes time and money. So uh, the investment has to come first. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man, I love it guys, you guys are on the ball, I just absolutely admire everything that you guys are doing, I wish, <laughs> I'll take this, this is amazing, I wish I had more time for questions, but listen, what's the best way people can reach out to you, connect with you, uh, let you know more about your brand, uh, where's the best place? Yeah, so you can drop us a message on Instagram, we're on that um, more than anything, <laughs> that seems to have really exploded, it's all about the uh, the visual hits these days. Yeah, so get in touch with us uh, on Instagram. It's all lowercase, one planet pizza, uh, no numbers, all letters. Um, or you can reach me, which is joe at oneplanetpizza.com. Uh, again, that's all letters, and that's joe with an E. Legit, I DM'd them directly from Instagram, and they answered me back in less than two days. I mean, these guys absolutely care about their customers. They care about you. So make sure if you have any, any pointers, any word of advice, if you want to try out their pizza because you're in the UK right now, make sure you go check them out at oneplanetpizza.com or on their Instagram specifically. Now, thank you so much for listening. One call to action is, as you know it, before you listen to any other interview or any other podcast or any other video or any other type of content, make sure that you take 20 seconds right now to write down anything that you've picked up on during this episode that you will apply right now today or in the next week. 
to really better your life and grow your business, grow your success, grow your health, your wealth, and your happiness. Um, make it proactive. Make sure that you apply the knowledge. Useless is knowledge that is not applied. You know where to find me? As you know, at Vegipreneur, uh, at Vegipreneur on IG. Um, also go to Vegipreneur.com to sign up to the Dollar Vegipreneur Club beta group where you'll get lifetime free access to one-on-one -on -one mentoring and daily free lessons from the top vegan entrepreneurs. Peace out. Have an amazing day.